This is a Crow's Nest podcast. The audacity should have hit audacity record as well, or uh, no, let's try out Zoom and hope that it works because my audacity <laughs> has been giving me some issues. Okay, um, but yes, yeah, sorry, listeners. Ahoy and welcome to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia and I have uh from Bat Minute, <laughs> just objectively <laughs> one of the better titles I've heard about a podcast. Um, now I'm like, in here. Is it Neil? Hey, hey, I'm. No, it's Nile. It's Nile. Yeah. I said Nile, but you know, I always want to double check because you never know when someone's gonna be like, "Actually, is Noel?" You're like, "Well, mm. yeah." Well, particularly you know, Irish as well. It's just like you you are, you're presented with names, and you're just like, even I grew up there, <laughs> and I'm still like, okay, <laughs> this this could go a variety of ways. <laughs> but you got to gear up for that one where you're like, "What?" Uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I have to say though, grew up in Ireland, just down the road from Belfast, where they built a little ship. Cold Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. How fascinating. Is is growing up like so I grew up near Washington, DC, which is, you know, capital of the United States and all the monuments and museums. So everyone has this idea that there's just like museums in our backyards. Mm. Um do yeah, it, people assumptions about the United States are fascinating. But like being that close to Belfast, and especially for people who are interested in Titanic, do they just like assume that's what consumes your daily life? Well, like Belfast is like they they are incredibly proud mm-hmm. of the Titanic. Uh, so much so that like you're kind of like you want to tell them like you know it sank right like <laughs> they've got this kind of boastful kind of nature to it of like they've got like the Titanic quarter like a section of the city is dedicated to Titanic stuff they've got this great I don't know if you've ever been um, no but they've got like a, yeah this huge museum called just called like the Titanic Museum on like one Titanic Street <laughs> Titanic Town <laughs> and it's like it's shaped like a ship and stuff. And it's like really this huge big thing, and they're just like they're so proud of like yeah we built it here like the what what are they called the Harland and Wolf the yep yeah they're like they're like yep yeah. I keep always getting mixed up with that that evil law firm that was an angel that was called like Wolfram and Hart or something oh like, oh, <laughs> I didn't watch Angel I didn't know that oh it was just yeah it was when I was, was <laughs> when I was a teenager I was just like Love oh uh, are they those those evil did that evil law firm also build the titanic i was like no no completely completely different sounding words but uh but yeah they have this kind of thing i'm like oh yeah we built the unsinkable ship and you're like i guess you guys didn't get the memo like, 
the other stuff happens. Like, hey, I don't want to spoil it for you, but yeah, yeah, things that uh, you know, there's like, oh, it'll it'll get it'll get to America someday. We didn't say it will get there in good time, but you know, we're waiting here back to see that. I thought that was always kind of bugged me as well too. They call it like oh the maiden voyage from Southampton. I was like, well, they had to get it from Belfast over to Southampton. That is always interesting, where it's like you don't count the transportation time that takes something to get somewhere because, like, yeah, the ship had to get to from A to B to begin with, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm also the because the, I'm also I'm from you know I'm from Ireland, a couple of miles down the road from Belfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently living in Liverpool, which is like where the Titanic was registered or something. Like, yeah, I think that's where they were headquartered. So that's what's written on the back. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a bit like these. All these cities wanting to. I guess it made sense back when it was built. They're like, yeah, we all want in on the action. And now it's like, <laughs> but no, no, it was you. It was you guys. You 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 built that thing. You remember that thing you said that could never go under? Yeah. Well, you know that was that's all on you now. <laughs> It's kind of like me watching everyone finally realize that Elon Musk is the worst. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's like, uh, wow, I hope you're glad that you jumped on board that fanship. Oh, no, I know a guy who was uh, like incredibly proud of his Tesla. And then now you get to see him kind of like scrambling on social media to be like, no, but you just, the car is solid. <sighs> it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not. There's a lot of. Uh, they call them Tesla Bros. I'm I currently live in Austin, Texas, too, which is where like there's a Tesla Tesla's headquartered. Mm. So there, there's just there's so many of them. And I I saw a tweet a long time ago that I love to this day, which is basically like a Tesla bro was trying to talk me up. So I asked what kind of Prius he had. <laughs> the weird thing is though, like the guy I know, he's like I know him through doing <laughs> podcasting, and he's like seventy plus though, like he's, mm-hmm. retired, he's a retired man. So I don't know if he, I could call him a bro. <laughs> like it feels like there must be a cutoff age for bro. I mean, I also feel like not everyone that owns a Tesla is a Tesla bro, but like it's a stereotype for sure. Mm-hmm. Although I, yeah, I, this guy boasts about these. He boasts about this Tesla more than friggin' Belfast boasts about the Titanic. Let me tell. You. Yeah, that's a Tesla bro. Yeah, yeah. the, the age Although, doesn't matter. It's the behavior. It's the behavior. Yeah, that, you know, bad, bad news for the Titanic too. Now, now Belfast is all about. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but they they filmed a lot of Game of Thrones there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like all the anytime it looks gray and miserable, that was <laughs> Belfast. Filmed and in so Belfast. That's like that's their thing now. It's just, we got another one. <laughs> like it's like finally, people are like we, we've been hearing about this Titanic thing for like a hundred years now. <laughs> like oh no no no, we got a new show. Everyone who's in the Titanic is like excited. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, no one liked the last couple of seasons of that show. I was like, remember, you used to like it back when it started, though, right? So I never watched Game of Thrones. I tried. I just couldn't get into it. But my friend and I were out of town the same weekend as the finale of House of Dragons oh. uh, sh- uh, premiered. So three people watched uh, House of Dragons, two of, two of whom had never watched Game of Thrones. And... That was a wild experience, but I have to say that they do make the show look very, very cool. The dragons look pretty neat. Mm, mm. Pretty neat dragons. Oh. I mean, yeah, they're, they're both both shows are pretty good. There's a lot more dragons in House of House Dragons. dragons. But, and yeah. I will say, like, as someone who has not seen anything, and if you're listening to this expecting that there's not going to be any House of Dragons spoilers, for some reason you're wrong. As <laughs> soon as I saw a kid on a little dragon landing at a castle where there was a massive dragon. I was like, that dragon's going to eat that dragon. 
Mm. <laughs> like I, I don't know anything about anything i don't know who this boy is but mm. that dragon is going to eat that dragon and it's gonna happen yeah and it did yeah. also did you did you continue to watch the rest of the show in, i've like, never i've never seen any other episodes of it i have only seen the finale <laughs> i mean it is a testament to the power of the first episode of house of the dragon that <laughs> you're just like that was all i needed like it was, yeah, I got it. You know, I, I was... watched a dude with an eye patch uh, gamble and lose on a game of chicken mm-hmm. yeah. in real time. It's like, all yeah. right. And then it's just like, you watch Game of Thrones. It's like, well, you know, how, that, you know, Game of Thrones, it's the end of the first season by the time you see a baby dragon. Like, they, they, this is, there's no dragons at all. And then they're like, oh, yeah, the last shot of the last episode of season one is like, it's a, there's a dragon. And like, if you watched, you know, now you watch this one episode of the House of the Dragon, you're like, all right, I got friggin' giant dragons. Like, there was a minimum watch? of four dragons. Yeah, so why would I go watch a show with like no dragons? It's like, I so, have no dragons, but it's got one Sean Bean. You're like, oh, I see, I see. I I watch the animated show The Dragon Prince, which I enjoy quite a bit, and I will say it kind of has the same pitfall, and that I don't think the dragon itself shows up in present time. Like, there's some like flashbacks to dragon activity but there's no real-time dragon until like season two there's a whole lot of egg there's a dragon egg yeah that's that's pretty much the first season of game of thrones yeah it's all egg egg Egg. and it's just like oh then the end's like i guess what because i think the kind of thing is like the first season you're like you keep talking about these dragons i don't think these dragons actually exist i think (laughs) think these are just random eggs oh god and then at the end they're like holy crap it was a dragon so, yeah, that, but, but then of course House of Dragons was like, well, there's freaking dragons flying all over the place. I know that they really exist. So that 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 little doubt isn't there anymore. But was that uh, supposed to be part of Game of Thrones? As someone who knows nothing about it, was there supposed to be that doubt of like when they found that dragon egg? Was it like, what the fuck is this? Because we've only ever heard of them and well, there's a dog. Yep. <laughs> was that part of was that part of like genuinely part of the premise where people were like, the dragons never existed, or or am I I'm like assuming, I'm assuming that your dog's like a fan of Game of Thrones, it's just like I have to get in this conversation right now. But, I mean, uh, entirely possible. He, I, I do think sometimes he watches TV. <laughs> but when you're out of the house, it's like, well, I got to do something. So, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but no, I think, I think that you know, it's been a long time since I've seen the first season of Game of Thrones. But I remember that being like a kind of, it had this, you know, they'd talk about like you know sorcery and witchcraft and stuff in it. And there's always like, well, there used there used to be dragons, but all the dragons died. Oh, and so there's gotcha. kind of a little vibe. They're going around with like these things. They're going, these are the only surviving dragon eggs, and you're kind of got a bit of like. Yeah, I'm sure someone told you that there used to be dragons around here. And then it's it is kind of a thing at the end where like you keep the, you keep getting told this one lady's like she can't be burned because she's of like dragon blood. And then she like burns down a house and she walks out completely unscathed and then she's got a dragon on your shoulder. And it's like, holy crap, it was true the whole time. Uh where the rest of the time it's just like, yeah, it's just miserable people in Belfast beheading other miserable people. <laughs> so they can go like I'm king now and stuff <laughs> like that's but you know the thing is it's a good show but you know um there's a re- that part of the reason that I don't like a lot of period felt like sort of like medieval um or viking period films and tv is because a lot of it is very much that like and so and so beheaded so and so to become king mm, mm. I'm, not, I'm not big on medieval stuff myself that that show was an exception weirdly enough I, a lot of like, uh, if I see like something, you know, like um, like Marie Antoinette era, you know, like if I mm-hmm. see like a powdered wig and something, I'm automatically out. Time. Yeah, it's just like a thing. It's like I wanted to watch, you know, that that movie, The Favorite, because everyone kept talking like, oh, it's amazing. And then like two seconds in, I was like, there's an awful lot of powdered wigs in this. <laughs> 
and it just hasn't it, it's an instinctive like oh no i can't I so can't i'm assuming you're also not a fan of american american colonial dramas <laughs> well eh, not particularly <laughs> but uh i think one one period piece i do like though and it's called titanic <laughs> Titan- but i will say titanic has a um an unshocking lack of powdered wigs yeah yeah i don't think there are there any wigs in you think i mean billy There's zane billy zane's wig. <laughs> that's all I, <laughs> that's that's all i was going for with billy zane's wig no i don't yeah. think that i will also say i'm not an expert on fashion or anything but it's like i don't think that in that time period wigs were the deal it was hats yeah, yeah. It was big on the big on the hat game, hat like A plus hat game, hat game strong. But mm. wigs were, I think, that seems like they kind of were ditching the extensions around that time. Yeah, I'm just caught up in the thing though, because I know Billy Zane went like crazy bald. Like mm-hmm. and I say, I say that as a bald man myself. It's okay, it's okay. I can say it. I can say it. Yeah. Uh, but um, like I wonder, '97 was it? Was it at that level? So no, like I think my my knowledge was like he was in the second season of Twin Peaks. I'm assuming that was his hair then. And then, like that's like five years later, is Titanic. So I was like, I wonder if he went, if he, if it disappeared, or maybe it was always gone. Maybe it was like back in the eighties, it was gone. But I don't know, because you know, I mean, there are people that you know go bald or go gray at much younger ages than anticipated. I will also say that I was eight in nineteen ninety seven, so I did not know much about Billy Zane, and still do not. So everything that I know about him is he he has been bald. Oh, I was, well, I was, I was only ten in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, there you go. Uh, so I think ten is enough of a difference to have a couple years. Yeah, we you get a lot more Billy Zane knowledge packed in yeah. those two years. To be honest with you, and I was like, the fa- the Phantom was the out. Phantom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I don't know I don't know if he was. I'm guessing just based on the fact that it was a complete wig and not a toupee that he was probably completely bald. Mm, mm. This is a guess. This is a guess from someone who's never worn a toupee. <laughs> oh, like, you know, so as far as as far as we're aware, anyway, Alexia, yeah, like I'm not I'm not going to push you on it, but uh, I've worn wigs. <laughs> <laughs> so i've worn full wigs like i've definitely worn like costume wigs or more natural looking ones and like they cover your whole head and like he's mm. definitely wearing a whole ass wig that's not just a hair piece it looks like it, a whole thing it does feel though like that would be it'd be a missed opportunity on jim cameron's part maybe it may maybe he did negotiate with uh you know with billy zane but like it feels like in the ruckus of the sinking a character as pompous as cal the wig should come off like it should it should get ruffled and people should be like, holy crap, it was a wig the whole time. Like that just to knock him down a little bit more. But was his care? I think this is one of those stupid questions of it. Was it him or his character? Because it's like, did Cal wear a wig or did Billy Zane have to wear a wig to portray Cal? Uh, I, I I totally believe that Cal would wear. Maybe I think he 90s. would wear a wig if he was balding. He would a hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like the, the, he's so he's already so insecure about yeah. Everything. So, it would yeah, be the, like one of those wigs where the top, like the he'd have a toupee where the top piece is just like a half a shade too light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should they should have worked that in. To, to be honest with you, in the move, like it could have been a thing though. With because I guess at that point Billy Zane might have been like you know I'm a virile young buck. I'm I'm making my way into being a Hollywood lead. Maybe he yeah. didn't want to reveal like you know like well yeah the hair's going man. So Honestly, that's probably a large part of it because like. I was about to say, like, you know, women, they age women out of certain roles at a certain point. But it was kind of like what, like, men, how do you, I guess losing your hair would be a one way to, like, age you out of certain parts really, really quickly. Yeah. I mean, it was made in a pre-Jason Statham era. So, you know, maybe now he could have got away with it. But, like, even Jason Statham is kind of, he's like a real oddity onto himself because he's just like, tough, hard nut, you know? So I think when you're on bald, you got to lean on somebody like The Rock as your example. 
mm, these yeah, days. Yeah. Mm. I'm still getting used to the bald rock, to be honest with you. I was, I was, I was so used to like the little flat top he had for so long. And now it's like every time I see him, like, ooh, oh, that's right. You got rid of that, man. Just, yeah, that's just... fair. If you came, yeah. if you came into the rocks world when he was still wrestling, unlike me, you'd be mm. used to that. See, I only came to know him once he really started acting because I was never really into wrestling. So, yeah. and by the time he got into acting, he was completely fucking bald. So, mm. kind of yeah. hard to hide yeah. that. But one thing I, it only occurred to me too that, um, because you know, if, uh, we talked briefly about it, like in in the green room, uh, as <laughs> as we call it, behind um, the scenes. Yeah, that um, like I'm one of the hosts of Bat Minutes, uh-huh. uh, which is a podcast. Like I know you guys, you are like you guys. I'm used to saying that. It's only you who's hosting the show. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, but you me talk and the to, dog. I do refer to. I often say we, and because I'm referring to me and my dog, and it it, it makes me sound crazy. But anyway, well, it's, yeah. So I'm I'm booking stuff for the show. It's like I do have a co-host, but mm-hmm. like yeah, I, yeah. I like I do all the booking, and I'm always saying we. We it makes it sound like we've got like more stuff going on. It's like it's yeah, just me. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. See. <laughs> But uh, but I know you talk to like uh, Duff and Rob and Joe and stuff from oh Titanic Minute, um, and uh, so much like their show where they broke down Titanic minute by minute. Mm-hmm. We're four seasons deep into we've done Batman from 1989, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and last season was the much maligned Batman and Robin, uh, <laughs> which Sorry. is uh, no, it's not to say it was it was it was easier to get through minute by minute. Like actually, I mean. I imagine that with a minute by minute film, one that you can kind of rip apart makes it easier. Yeah, there was a, I, I came out with it, out from it, with a lot more respect for the. Oh, movie. there you go. And uh, it is people come on and like they always had the same kind of note of like, yeah, you're looking at it now when you know what it is. It's like great <laughs> for the first like half hour, and then sure. it kind of hits a like, oh my god, I still got an hour and a half of this to go. <laughs> Like when you're doing minute by minute, it's like, oh, it's a minute a week is fine. There's like a you know, right. three minutes a week or whatever. But right. Um, but one of our one of the big notes we had, because we had to deal a lot with uh obviously Chris O'Donnell, nineties <laughs> heartthrob. Oh, uh, Chris O'Donnell. And one of my favorite bits of the trivia, I don't I don't know if you know this yourself. Probably actually. not. Uh but um when they were casting for Robin in Batman Forever, it was down to Chris O'Donnell and Leonardo DiCaprio. And apparently huh. what they did was they went around a Comic-Con, uh, like a, a much less a big a deal back then, but like whatever Comic-Con they had. Way back Comic-Con. Yeah, like back in, like I guess, what, the 93 or 94? 90, early 90s, yeah. Yeah, and they went around and they just went, they had a picture of Chris O'Donnell and a picture of DiCaprio. And they just said to a bunch of 10, like, uh, no, they actually said to a bunch of like 10-year-old kids, who Pick. do you think would win in a fight? And they all the kids agreed, like, oh no, Chris O'Donnell would like knock the crap out of this DiCaprio guy. <laughs> and then I, when I brought it up on the show, like every other person was just like, yeah, no, I mean, that's, like, that, that stands. Like, it's, it's, it's all reasoning. That's the best thing I've learned. Oh, uh, but no, I love tenure. I, I hate children, but I, I love children sometimes. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's a good those... question, though. And uh, honestly, they were right. Yeah, I think too. I think I still think today, even. Yeah, because I was, I, I'm, I'm not, which might shock people. I am not a Leo Stan. I liked him in Titanic, but I didn't really like follow his career or anything. Mm. And I gotta say, I haven't seen the movie, but I've like seen the trailers, I've seen clips and stuff. And I'm like, I just don't know if it would. I don't. He's not a bad actor. I don't. I don't want to. Mm. 
I just don't know if it would have worked with him in the role. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if he had quite the like necessary knowledge of like kind of how ridiculous and comedic it was. Like you have to take yourself seriously and go beyond serious and be a little ridiculous. And I think if he, maybe he was still taking himself too seriously. Yeah. 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 I mean, but yeah. <laughs> Not on that movie. No, I do know also in because yeah, it was all all the, the summer of '97, two roles that Chris O'Donnell apparently was in contention for mm-hmm. and didn't get it was Men in Black with Will, you know, the role that would go yeah. to Will Smith. And they obviously went to the Comic Con. Like, if one of these guys was to smack one another, who do you think would be most likely to smack someone? And they're like, that Will Smith guy. <laughs> Again, I think that then. was the right choice. <laughs> it's like somehow they knew even then. Um, but uh, and actually would have been the re- reunion of. Chris O'Donnell and Tommy Lee Jones from Batman Forever into Men in Black. But apparently he was also up for Jack in in Titanic. I did know that. Yeah, so I was, uh, uh, the reason it popped into my mind is because of all the wig talk. The last time I was watching Titanic, I'm so used to seeing mid-90s Chris O'Donnell with this kind of like 90s trendy buzz cut. And right. there's like sparkle, sparkle, you know, earring and stuff. I was kind of like, would they have, would they, would he have had to have grown out the hair? Probably. Or would they? Yeah. Would they? You can't have non-floppy Jack. Like it's a, you know the, the kind of the, the the boyish flop hairdo is like half the character. It was so very '90s too. It's it's really interesting when I I, I haven't rewatched Titanic on the big screen since the '90s, but I, I've seen it obviously since then. And on the one hand, they get the costume so incredibly right, but then Cameron or whoever would make these incredibly like anachronistic decisions where it's like, I'm sorry, who in 1912 had '90s boy band hair? <laughs> Like, so the first the, the first boy bands originated in uh, 1908. Uh, <laughs> like they called it the the Jolly Boys. Or something. The, jolly... <laughs> the pocket janklers. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I uh. I I like. I haven't seen a lot of the Batman movies, and I will also say that I haven't seen a lot of like the TV shows or anything either. But have you seen the HBO Max Harley Quinn show? Oh yeah, I love love that. I movie. love that show. And mm. I really do. And as someone who is not a fan and who I didn't have any preconceived like ideas mm. outside of like I'd seen some of them like I'd seen the Nolan films and I'd seen like the Suicide Squad films. So I had like that. And I think, you know, I'd seen various clips over the years of like who Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn were. Mm-hmm. But I really like the characters they've created for everyone in that show. I think they're my favorites. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing now because we have we obviously had to talk a lot about Poison Ivy last season because that mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. She's, one, she's one of the villains in Batman and Robin, and um, that's such a completely different kind of interpretation of the character. But mm-hmm. in my mind, like every time we're talking, like, well, if you were to do Poison Ivy now, like, who would you have play the part? And so many people kept saying like Aubrey Plaza because they were right. thinking of the Harley Quinn TV shows. Like, well, that's who you get to do that. And I was like, also like, just get Lake Bell to do it. Like, Lake Bell would be like, great. Um, but it, it's so in people's minds. I, I think the 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 you know the public perception of that character has moved much more towards what the, the HBO show is mm-hmm. like building on, uh, and like Uma Thurman is great in the movie, but she's doing like a completely like she's going for like Tallulah Bankhead, you mm-hmm. know, kind of uh, Marlene Dietrich like old vampy, you know, Grand Gunal, so really trying to like it up and stuff mm-hmm. and she's just so un, you know unashamedly sort of the the character in the movie is flat out sexist as well yeah. there's no kind of way around it but like i think nowadays they'll be like eh, I, I, I hope there'll be a better 
um, interpretation. I think the one we came up with, uh, that was, um, and I don't know if you saw, saw Matt Reeves' The Batman that came out uh, last year. I did not, but I that was one that I actually wanted to see because I think I'm I, I'm not a Twilight fan, but I'm a fan of Robert Pattinson. Oh, he's he's great in it. He is, and that's what I heard. Yeah, he like is Bruce Wayne is like the thing is that Bruce Wayne is just like his early days, so people were giving out about it. I'm like, just give him. He's got Jack Dawson hair in it. Actually, he's got the, flo- the floppy. <laughs> it's more it's more emo era though. It's more like there's there's a bit of mascara mixed into the hair. Like they got the guy liner going on. Oh, totally, one hundred percent. But yeah, I, I was forgiving. I was like, well, he's early days, so he's gonna become the Bruce Wayne, you know, probably in, like the next movie. But his Batman is freaking great. Like he's that's just, what I he, heard. Yeah, he's and he's in the suit like most of the time too. Mm-hmm. Like ninety percent of the movie, he's just walking around as Batman. It's like usually they can't wait to get out of that suit. But, it does uh, yeah, seem he, annoying. Yeah, yeah, but um, but no, like, like he's uh, really, really terrific in it. Um. But the the movie is like it's you know it's gritty. It's like it's yeah. you know they it's like oh it has to be realistic and stuff. And it's like well yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> just make make it a bit zanier. Come on, man. But um, like because I thought I kind of thought that they're gonna go in that like direction of like mm-hmm. it has to be gritty and like depressingly real. And like you know it was basically like seven. They were really like recreating David Venture Seven in it. I was mm-hmm. like, you should do Poison Ivy. It's like yeah. a serial killer. But what she does is like she buries men alive and then she uses their body to like grow, you know, plants and stuff. So like she fills them full of some crap and then like their arms are sticking out of the ground. <laughs> so it's like, like Sweeney Todd colliding with Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, that'd be great. And there's like, you know, Batman finds this like friggin' like a whole uh, like a field full of like dead guys with like all these hands sticking up out of the ground. But they've got like roses and stuff growing out of them it's like that'd be amazing um and the way that last movie went that's kind of like that's that could be the the angle they take but uh yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll have to we'll, well have i to think see. that when you look at the comics and again as someone who hasn't really read them but who you know i've done i've i know i have a lot of friends who did is that the inherent nature of a lot of these comics not all of them because some of them were you know darker gritty but a lot of them were inherently kind of silly and campy and you know, things would happen that are completely unrealistic because it's a comic book and that can totally Mm. happen. And I like that they brought that back to the Harley Quinn show. And another thing that I I liked about the show is that because it's a show, you have have more time to Mm. really get into characters in a way that you don't have when you've only got, you know, 90 minutes to three hours to tell a story. When you get, you know, three to eight seasons of a show, you could tell a much bigger story. And I like that in this show so far, it's allowing, in my view, the characters to develop in a very modern way, but they're still holding on to a lot of what made them very, very campy and charming in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. When they were made. Oh, yeah. It's got the it's got a good mixture of flimsy and silly, but also. Yeah. This really dark, violent edge to it. Yeah, stuff. like spoilers for the show for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen it. But like, it, there's that's the silliness that we're talking about. Like, I don't know. There's a part where Harley tells Ivy to get out of the room because she and Joker are gonna make out and it's gonna get gross, and it's kind yeah. of like funny. But then in season three, there's a um, an episode where they get trapped in Bruce Wayne's mind, and it's just be them being trapped over and over again in the memory mm. of his parents dying. 
That's like one. Of, like, I remember watching that, but like it's like one of the best Batman yeah. stories. It like, was this, this little twenty minute episode. It's like one of the yeah. best ones. They it really... was yeah, and it was super crazy because you know it the the solution to it is you know Harley actually ends up talking to you know young Bruce Wayne and -hmm. getting him to open up and it goes into the concept like the whole show is a concept goes into codependency releasing yourself from trauma understanding who you are um if you read the comics there's um the comics they made for the show there was a whole side plot with Poison Ivy confronting you know the memories of her parents and there's a really deep dive into what makes people into who they are Mm, which mm. i think is really interesting because yeah you go into this whole batman thing and you realize that he's stuck you know the reason he is the way that he is is because he is stuck being however how old was he at the time 11 12 10 10 10, yeah like little he's stuck in this little kid memory and can't get out Mm, yeah yeah I know that that show has done like really, really. This thing is some of the actual story arcs, like just even in terms of the action that happens Mm -hmm. in it, is like really good. That's just like that would just be a great that would just be a great movie. Like not even like a you know because it's always a comedy show. It's like no, you take the comedy out. That is a story. Like even the whole business at the end of like the first season, like you know, Joker builds this big weird tower and stuff. Right. Like everyone, he's kind of destroys Gotham, and then the next season's just like it's like a no man's land, and everyone's you know doing this, that, and the other. It's like there you go. That's a that's a movie right there. Just that. Just set that up right now. And um, to be fair, though, spoilers for the Batman. There is a kind of vibe of like, well, the city's pretty wrecked at the end here. So maybe you know, maybe next season we might get something. Where it's like, yeah, the Riddler's running the university now. That's just the way that is. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really, I was really curious actually during that. Um, those episodes where Clayface goes to university as well and it's when batgirl is introduced yeah and he's really blatantly dressed up as Cher horowitz from clueless he and really does look like he is like with the shoulder pads and the suit and everything yeah yeah but then because they're introducing batgirl in that mm-hmm. episode and then who played batgirl and batman and robin alicia silverstone so it's like is that a is that a deliberate cross-reference joke did she really Oh yeah, yeah. She was she, you know, she's not great in it. I gotta be honest with you. Like it was a bit I heartbreaking because like everyone, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing great and Uma Thurman's doing great, and then it's like Alicia. I love Alicia Silverstone, and then she's like, no, she's she's woefully miscast and stuff. But boo, um, yeah. I, think I thought she, she was fine, but I mean, I I'm also I'm also pretty forgiving. If you're not horribly bad, and if you don't like, it's one of those things where I'm like, if if you're not if you're not bringing down the whole tone of the show with how terrible that you are. I'm far more likely to let let your silliness pass or like whatever you know what I mean yeah if but if it's you know, I think we've all seen a show um or seen a movie where someone is so bad that it brings everyone else down mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. like okay you suck but it's like I don't think that she was so bad that I noticed it I didn't mind her but I also will say that I do think that her um her character at least for me was a pretty slow burn yeah as, yeah as a concept anyway although again there's actually another uh and i didn't know this until we did the show but there's another like direct line to titanic mm-hmm. in batman and robin uh i don't know if you the you, you like obviously they both came out in the summer of 97 um but like there's a, there's one that was i was just like holy crap that's incredible i had no idea uh, where I don't know if you remember much about Batman and Robin, but I've never seen it. Um, oh well, you know, Alicia Alicia Silverstone appears and she's 
I think she's introduced as, and this is weird because we we kept hopping from like a draft script, mm-hmm. which was different to the actual movie. And there, I think in the movie she's Alfred's niece. Okay. And then in the original script, all the implications is like, oh, this is Margaret Clark's girl. You remember me telling you about Margaret Clark, don't you, Bruce? And Bruce having this kind of like, oh, that's right, you told me about Margaret Clark, Alfred. And there's all these kind of implications throughout. It's like, is are they saying that these? he might be your dad like the, the, you know that seems to be an implication in the original script and then they i, I guess they try to simplify it more like just it, it, margaret clark was now alfred's sister hmm. and the thing is the alfred in those movies is played by uh, michael goff uh, and he was without exaggeration about 87 years old when okay. it. excellent uh, and then he shows he shows a picture of like this is my this is her mother my beloved sister margaret <laughs> or peg as they end up calling them, which we, we, we made we made a lot of jokes about <laughs> don't worry we made the peg jokes uh and the thing is the picture they use of peg is actually gloria stewart but like back in like 1930 something okay so gloria stewart of the old rose and right then, and we're sitting there going like so you're trying to tell me alicia silverstone is in this film she's like 18 years old and you're telling me <laughs> Like that, her mother had that photo taken that looks like literally was taken in like 1936 or something. And it's like, I'm not saying it's impossible, <laughs> but she I'm must have it's been unlikely. like, it's, she would have been like, she had Alicia Silverstone when she's 70, is what the movie is positing and stuff. But yeah. all the outrageous things that's going on, maybe that's why they had, had to ham up everything else. And they're like, well, people are going to question whether <laughs> like that, uh, that Alfred would have a niece of this age. Uh, it's like surely Alfred's niece should be near retirement age herself at this point, but, um, but yeah, I always thought it was so weird. It's like it's uh, it's Gloria Stewart, and it was I think it was just like an old, um, like a stock photo they had of her. Huh. So it was like they just they're like oh just yeah we need something yeah just use this one like we have the rights to this image from some old movie, right. uh, and then it was just yeah weird timing I guess that like Gloria Stewart would be in like the movie that was like the biggest hit. The most beloved film of all time in the summer of 1907. And then back <laughs> like a week later, she's in like the most reviled, you know, one of the most detested films of all time. The, the film that killed the comic book movie for like a couple of years uh, in Batman and Robin. So like, and then she like died like a year later or something. She's like, I've, I've, I've done it all, I guess. <laughs> she was like, wiped her hands and just sat back. Yeah, sat back and then had a dream about the not her husband. The father of her children, but some guy she knew in a boat like eighty years ago. Yeah, always so, a always a thing that sticks in my craw with Titanic. It's like you're telling me you had a husband and a family, and like what he's just he, oh you're dying, you're thinking about this guy. What, what the hell? That's always been a thing that even I noticed when I was a kid, and that it's like, listen, I am a child and I know nothing about the world, but that seems. <laughs> At least an acknowledgement should be given to what is clearly the late Mr. Calvert. Mm, mm. Did I get his name right? I have no idea. I'm very, very bad at, at remembering names. But because we've come circled back to it a little bit, and I didn't actually ask you, I just immediately launched into a discussion about Batman and Harley Quinn on a show oh. about Titanic. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I'm uh, like most discussions i have will inevitably breach into batman material (laughs) but um what is your titanic story Uh, everyone has one uh, 
like, well, I wasn't on the Titanic. I, I should I should confess that. Uh, well, that's why but... I invited you here. So um, thank you for joining us. It's been 84. <laughs> Actually, no, now it's been yeah, it's 100 years. It's, it's over 100 years. Oh, my years. God. 85 plus 24. No, 84 plus 25. This is 110 years? 109 or 110? Whatever well, it is. 12. So I guess if it's... 2023. 20, I'm so bad at math. <laughs> so okay. 2023 minus 1912 equals 111. Yeah, yeah. But uh but no, I was uh, trust me, I was not I was not on the Titanic. Um but no, I, I went to um I was 10 years old. Uh to be fair to you, it wasn't a movie that particularly like got my interest when it first came out because it was just well I mean that when it first came out because it was right. just like why would I care about that like it doesn't whatever it, right. so, it wasn't quite for you in the moment yeah but then you know after like four months in the cinema and everyone going on about it it was just like you have to see this thing like it's it's just a cultural moment uh, and so um, I grew up in a small town in Ireland uh, there was thankfully they had just opened the cinema near in the, the one town over because other back when I was a little kid you had to you had to travel for like miles to get to the cinema there was nothing in the town uh, but thankfully the, just that year they really they had opened the cinema hmm. uh, and so went try to go out ten year old see Titanic uh, couldn't get in uh, because it was sold out and so I had to go see uh, a life less ordinary. Starring Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. Uh, and then, so, we thought that was whatever. Uh, and then, <laughs> tried, tried the next week. Went out. Couldn't get in. <laughs> uh, had to go to see A Life Less Ordinary starring Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. Oh, again. man. Uh, and then the third attempt. Got in to see Titanic. Uh, and was sitting eating loads of sweets. Uh, and halfway through the film, I had to go up and be sick. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, basically had to go home midway through the movie because I was thrown up and it was entirely just from, you know, all the sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I think like somewhere towards its run, uh, like the end of the run. Right. It was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to get out to this. And so eventually then I did sit down and watch the whole thing and been, you know, 10 year old, 10 year, years old, mm-hmm. quasi edge lord. I was like, Titanic. Screw this movie, man. It was what, whatever. And then that kind of that kind of held as like years went by. Whereas I was like, it's fine. Who cares? And then the more I watch it, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times over the years now. And you would have had like minor. Like my brother was really into it because he was just older and he's just he was more into the cultural zeitgeist. So he'd keep mm-hmm. you informed of things of like Nicola Charles from Australian Soap Neighbors is going out with Tommy from Titanic. You're like, whoa. That was all in all the gossip rags and stuff back in the day. Uh, but as it went on, then I was just like, watch bits of it and be like, eh, you know, it's, it's fine. It's it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did a proper big rewatch when um, the, those guys, the Midnight Boys, were doing Titanic Minutes. I was like, well, I'll watch it along with them. Uh, had the annoying thing of was watching it like a minute a day and then uh, on Netflix and then Netflix took it off at about minute 70. <laughs> so they didn't have right there. So it sounds like you just, uh, the, the, this film seems to have a grudge against you. Yeah. This is the Titanic. Will just, it will not get into my eyeballs. It will fundamentally refuse. So how many uh, times did it take before you actually saw the movie? I don't think I did see it like 
in the fourth attempt in the cinema in his entirety. I think I had, I think I, I sat through the whole thing then. Uh, but, um, the, uh, but yeah, so then the, the you know, the midnight boys, like I finished it out with them, but watching it segment by segment mm-hmm. wasn't like the best experience of it. So then in very recent years, I was like, okay, Titanic's on. It was Christmas time or something. I was like, oh, well, I'll sit and watch it. Uh, and that was the time, like, how like you know 25 years later or whatever it was mm-hmm. but I, at the end like particularly in the last hour i was like holy crap this is like a really good movie <laughs> it only kind of dawned on me but like i wasn't i'm still not completely into the jack and rose of it all like it's, sure. it's fine like i don't have anything against it but like just the sheer like scale of it mm-hmm. in the, yeah I, I, I think maybe now it might be to do with the fact that we have so many movies that are like cgi overload where there's just like you know, Avengers Endgame is like it's great, and yeah. All, but it's just yeah, like it's, yeah. it's a bunch of CGI stuff. It's whatever. Yeah. And and James Cameron himself is like, you know, he is Ishmael these days, going like, you have to come out and see my giant thing that I made. This big CGI monstrosity that no one has ever seen. Uh, right. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Jim. Whatever, dude. But again, yeah, because again, it's all CGI, and not the the detract from CGI artists, because I'm sure it's a lot. No, of work no, no, no. It. But then to look at Titanic now, it's just like, holy crap, that's like, that's big. That's like the amount of work to do all that practically, to have to make those sets and yeah. to have all these people doing all this stuff and to actually like sit and look like, it looks like the boat's broken in two. It looks like they're falling down into the sea. It's like, this is incredible. Like, how did you do this? This is amazing. <laughs> but um, So yeah, yeah, I, th- I think time has only been kinder to Titanic as it's gone on because my appreciation for it has definitely grown. Has been like, you know what, Jim, you did a good job with that movie. <laughs> Just in terms of like showing a boat sinking, <laughs> who knew it could be so exciting? But yet, and yet it was. Yeah, he does a really good job at it, and you know, I know that people are kind. I know that a lot, there's sort of like a fifty-fifty split on the love story. Mm. Um, uh, with people who like it and people who don't like it. I'm I kind of am neutral on it in that like I think if the film had been made without it, I would still like it. But since it's been made with it in there, I like it the way that it is. See, yeah, like uh, the vibe I get from picking up what you've said in conversation already, not a Leo stand and not that fast in the love story. It's kinda like I would have I was kind of anticipating that you were gonna be like, it's the greatest love story ever made. So I think it's a- of all time. I think it's a really good example of an equal relationship. I think that's all. That's why I like it a lot. And, you know, so I, I grew up, you know, in the, my formative years were in like the 90s and the aughts. So mm. every movie and TV show around that time was dedicated to you need to look this specific way. You need to wear these clothes. You need to change. You are a girl in this world. You need to change to be this way. And Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't outrightly stated, it was always implied by having these like makeover movies where, you know, the girl's no longer, she's not attractive until she goes through this procedure, makeover, haircut, or glasses removal, where suddenly she's just like, whoa, amazing, and suddenly (laughs) worthy of your attention. But Mm -hmm. I liked in Titanic that Jack, and to in a way, like he he just never asked her to be a different person. He just asked her to be her. He liked her because she was who she was. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck out with me is that you know the she didn't have to change herself to become someone she wasn't she changed to become who she actually was like she actually was fun and a little sarcastic rose Mm. and wanted to do things that weren't all being fancy so it's like she did change but it wasn't because she wanted to please a man it was because oh i've always wanted to do these things and you think it's cool that i want to do these things yeah 
I can't remember. Oh, they, I don't think there's any moments too where Jack is like derogatory towards her. For no, being he rich. isn't. Do you think that? I think in other movies there have been like, oh, the poor little rich girl have to knock her down a peg or two, and there'll be yeah. some kind of comment on the fact, like, well, you wouldn't know. But like, I, I mean, in thinking back, it's like, yeah, he is very just. He just he kind of gets her on. Mm-hmm. Although I think in recent the the recent time I watched it, I did see it's incredibly true that like Jack is like manic pixie dream boy. Yeah, and, that. Like, that title is not incorrectly applied in in its own way. Yeah, it's because it's not much. He is just like bandy legged, good time guy. Not much, not much depth to him. <laughs> like he is basically, he's a cipher to get to the character of Rose, which you know it happens. It's usually, it's just that it's usually applied by like twenty something white indie male filmmakers to like a like a Kate Winslet or a, a Natalie Portman. Although Kate Winslet, of course, actually brilliantly sort of uh deconstructed the manic pixie dream girl in eternal sunshine so uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have i shouldn't have mentioned her there because she's actually the exact opposite of that type of thing and that what happened to a lot of actresses like where they just got cast in that role like mm. this is your role well it happened to uh kira knightley and elizabeth town elizabeth um i think it's kristen dunst is it kristen Chris- dunst hang on i don't know anything about anything <laughs> no. i didn't watch that one either so you know I say the I remember it been like a little heartbreak when you're uh, right. It was Kirsten Dunst was in that, but I mean, like, yeah, she got the treatment in that movie, and then Zooey mm. de Chanel got that treatment in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Ramona yeah. Flowers got it in um a little bit less, but still in Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Like, it's I think just... the, the the only thing about those two is that in Five Hundred Days of Summer, it's kind of like I think the movie's trying to make it's it's kind of depending on you to know. That Joseph Gordon Levitt's perspective of things is wrong. wrong. And then, like, he's himself is like, come out years later and like, you know, he's not like, he's not like the hero of the, I guess he's like the hero because he's the main character, but he's not like, everything he's doing about this is like, she's told him from the word go, she didn't want to, she didn't believe in love and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's like all those people that they, like, oh God, I'm going to forget the name. Was it Chuck Chuck Palinick who wrote Fight Club, who is like, people who think Tyler's a hero have never read the book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the same thing was the uh, because um like I love the Scott Pilgrim movie but the I do too casualty, I do too yeah terrific movie but like you know, read the comics and the biggest casualty in the translation is Ramona because she's much more complex in the books I believe and, that yeah and they just have so much more of her going on and then it's just like this movie can't be five hours long we <laughs> have to like suddenly jump from like like all that business where she's just like. Oh, you know, he's in my head. No, literally, mm-hmm. he's in my head. She has a little switch in her back. It's like, none mm-hmm. of that's in the books because it's like, well, there's a lot more to the relationship than that. But then right. I guess Edgar Wright's is like, we got to wrap it up, man. We got we, we, we got time to get into this. So it's the only thing that's like, the, in order to give you this great movie, I'm going to have to take away from, you know, I'm going to have to just concentrate on this Scott guy and not give you mm-hmm. uh, the depth of Ramona, uh, which is very unfortunate. And the thing with Elizabeth Town, too, is I was really heartbroken. Because I wanted to go see that with my mm-hmm. first girlfriend uh, when I was in university. Like I was, when I got to university, I got myself a girlfriend finally. And I remember I was a huge fan of Almost Famous. They're one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cameron Crowe's next movie was Elizabethtown. Right. And I remember my girlfriend at the time been like, I'm not going to see that. It looks like it's freaking trash. What the <laughs> hell's that? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, it's for the guy who made Almost Famous. Well, how dare you? But we didn't go to it. Uh, and then years later, apparently she was proven right <laughs> because everybody just completely says like, oh, Elizabeth, that was just a disaster. And, you know, it was insulting to everybody who was involved and or watched it. So, Oof. 
You know yeah. your movie's good when that's the reaction you get. <laughs> I yeah, I <clears throat> I love Titanic, obviously. It's well, it's one of my favorite films. I think it's beautiful. I absolutely love Kate Winslet as Rose. I I do like the Jack and Rose relationship, but again, like if the movie had been made without it, I can see myself still really liking the movie. Yeah, uh, obviously that's, that's not how it was made so i can't comment on that but the thing is because the last like the la- the whole crashing of the boat is like a good like hour and 10 minutes yeah that's it's, most it's, of it's, that's half the film yeah so that's that's a good that's that's the movie i think if you want to make a shorter movie there it is right there just cut all that stuff out have it by itself but yeah um it would be just be like endless people falling off stuff but like and screaming hey, it's it's entertaining you know <laughs> um and then, of course you wouldn't have a you know, I'm sure you probably have heard, have heard of before from um, a lot of male guests, but like, uh, you know, the, one of the big allures of Titanic as well is like it's got like full frontal nudity in it as well, which is like for a 10 year old kid, it was like, what? <laughs> uh, like, what's uh, happening? Yeah, yeah. So, one of my other prime memories of the movie is that uh, when we were, you know, when you're in school near the end of term, they'll wheel in the TV. And there's like, yep. I'm not teaching anything. And one of the tapes in rotation was Titanic. And then we just remember my my music teacher just sitting, just waiting. And he's just like, as soon as <laughs> as soon as you know, French girls were mentioned, he's just like, all right, <laughs> just up, fast forwarding. Yeah. <laughs> like, avert your eyes, children. And then everyone's uh. like, oh, sir, come on, no, no, come on, come on. <laughs> I saw it in the cinema. Like, no, 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 no. All right, I, I think that I think that. And then like, oh, sit back down. Oh Christ! They're in the car now. Oh, geez, all right, fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> I gotta say, so I watched the movie somewhat recently with my friend and her ten-year-old daughter, who was seeing it for the first time. Mm. Um, and my friend hadn't seen it in a long time, so she didn't really remember it. And after the movie, she even turned to me and was like, "That was far less like in terms of sex, at least." She was like, "That was way less graphic than I remember it being." Like, I think in her memory, like it was a big deal. The car scene was like, like more like a modern sex scene, where it was like, "No, mm. it's more like twelve mm. seconds." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although, like, I think the last time I was watching, it was like, what? like, the fact they steam up the entire car and it's just so sweaty. It's like, Jesus, how, how, what the fuck how are intense, you doing? Yeah, how intense was the friction going on here? Yeah, like, like, that's I, ooh, I play roller derby, and sometimes you get like disgusting. Let mm. me just say, I have never then gone into my car when it's cold and then had the car just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened. It steams up once, they wipe the thing away, and it steams up again yeah. by the time you get in there. This is like, what were, ew. Uh, no. One of you Although needs I to guess, get your you know, thyroid checked out. I guess maybe Rose is, she was very repressed, you know. With, uh, I can't imagine sex with Cal, if there was any, you know. Uh, but it wasn't all that great, so uh, maybe maybe she was just waiting for a good, a good old For a good one. Yeah. She was like, great, I'm finally going to have an orgasm. Yes! Yeah. I will also say, too, actually, uh, if you are in need of any guest recommendations, Always, um, uh, lady. Well, actually, I have two, but uh, one in particular. Both of them have been on Batman it several times, and they were both actually on Titanic Minute mm-hmm. during the sex scene. Uh, those, <laughs> uh, I think the Midnight Boys, they opted out. They're like, you know, we can't have three freaking thirty odd something. Did men. they opt out, or were they voluntold out? I th- well, I'm choosing to believe that they were. Like, <laughs> good, good taste dictates that we should uh, we should separate from this. But um, a good friend of uh, well, both of them are good. Good, good friends of mine, not through doing podcasting. Never met them in person, but through pod, pod friends. Uh, Allison Grimm. Yeah, I and, remember Allison. And Liz Whitaker. Uh, and Liz had her own show. I she remember did Liz. Mean Girls Minute. Uh, Liz is very good. She's very sardonic. She has a kind of way about her where you're like, 
half the time, do do you even like me, Liz? And then she's like, of course I do, but I just seem like I don't. (laughs) Yeah, tag me uh, in and tag me in with in an email with them. Always looking to have new people on the show because I, I didn't start this show to show off how much I know about Titanic. I started this to connect with other people who like Titanic. So yeah, yeah. The the one I'm really intrigued by just to get her story totally is Mm -hmm. because Allison is like, have you ever seen her? She's like proper like sleeve of tattoos. She's into like really bizarre gory horror stuff like she's one of the few people i know who's like reading constantly so i'm always going to her for book recommendations and it's always like oh yeah, i read this great book it's called like the cult that shove chainsaws up their ass or something like <laughs> she's in this really intense horror stuff and she just looks like yeah she'd be like you know she's really in, like you know out there alternative girl as they call and then the final she's like oh my favorite film's titanic like absolutely like i was raised on titanic absolutely love it so it's just such a kind of weird thing of like oh it's such a classical like Mm-hmm. You know, it's like her turn around. I'm like, of course I love Barbies. And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, I, 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 th- I thought you weren't like other girls, Allison. But I mean, out- my favorite yeah. color is pink, and people don't suspect that out of me. So, but yeah, <laughs> but you know well, what I mean. Though. I do, but, uh, I do. There, every once in a while, then, you find stuff out about people, and you're like, really, yeah. really. I mean, we 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 had her on recently. We're uh, upcoming hiatus episode. That uh, mm-hmm. between seasons, we do like you know uh, after the '89 movie because Prince did the soundtrack. Right. We did like all right we're doing reviews of all the prince movies like mm-hmm. purple rain on the channel and then because joel schumacher directed phantom of the opera we had allison yep. on for a great episode and this nice. is like, she is another one of these people who's like i was a i was a phantom girl yeah like back in the day i was i was the emo kid who just fucking loved phantom of the opera yeah <laughs> definitely yeah well, but uh but yeah i thought the uh, the transform because i'm sure like, the both of them always up for talking about anything yeah uh, tell them to get a Make a little thread. I would, I, I'd be glad to have them on because, yeah, I'm always looking for different people's interest and perspective because everyone's story in relation to their story is so different. Mm, mm. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have uh, kept you for a while, number one and number two. I, listeners who don't know, I absolutely made a disaster of my goddamn warning. So I think I pushed Niall off like three times because, firstly, I misunderstood how to calculate time from America to Britain. Mm. And then uh, me and my other guests were running late. So it was just kind of like, well, mm. this is happening. This big shipwreck that is my life continues to crash into <laughs> icebergs. And don't worry about it. Like there's having done like yeah, four seasons of a show. I like my arch nemesis now is daylight savings. Ugh, and God. Particularly in the US where you guys have it in some states and in some other states just do it whenever you're like, gonna be on this call for another 45 minutes if i even start on daylight savings time because it's, <laughs> like, it's just no i cannot take that bait nope yeah uh, no 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 no, 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 no. believe but, me i've been i didn't even get to tell you the, the story of the time i crashed a, well i didn't crash a boat myself but i was on a crashed boat what did you do it was we had a, a, a you started I, that I, story I, in a way that implies you did something no, well, no, actually, I didn't do anything. I, I you know, I, I, I make it sound more outrageous, like I was more involved, but I was in a little uh, a boat that sunk. Oof. Um, a and I reckon I actually ha- highly recommend it as a holiday. Uh, if anyone's over in Ireland, uh, there's a little you can do a boat trip up the Shannon River where you it's a yourself. Great sales pitch. Uh, you basically have like the it's a little houseboat, like a little mm-hmm. tiny dinghy houseboat, uh, and me, uh, and three of my friends. Uh, we're like, we're gonna go up. We're gonna go up the Shannon. It's gonna be great. Uh, and on day like three, um, they have this big stressor of just like follow the markers on the map because you have to drive the boat yourself, obviously. Uh, right. And follow, follow the boat. Don't don't stray. Never stray from the markers. 
Uh, and so I just, just distinctly remember uh, on like the evening of day three of a week long trip, uh, one of my friends was making bolognese, bolognese sauce, chopping up carrots for bolognese sauce. And I was debating with him about like, you don't put carrots in bolognese. You don't put carrots in bolognese sauce. You're right. Well, but the thing is, that guy is now a professional chef, and he will he will fucking fight to the death to argue that you do apparently. But I'll argue um, with him. Yeah, but uh, and then and then another guy was just driving, and then friggin' I don't know where just <laughs> and we just drove headfirst into a giant black rock, uh, and we're just like, oh, well, that seemed pretty bad. But I think we're okay. Uh, and then, like ten minutes later, I went down to use the bathroom, opened it, and just seen uh, water gushing. No. In. And we had a whole giant, giant panic, and we're do- we're doing the thing of like the cartoon thing of getting like the buckets and like freaking throwing the water back out over the, the edge, even though it made no difference. Uh, and, what else uh, are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. And then we were just like, this boat is going down. And then <laughs> we noticed behind us there was another boat coming, uh, and you just uh, hop aboard. Yeah, the thing is that we they were coming like home, like oh, coming over to you, and we're like, no, stay back, stay back, stay back. Uh, and apparently, it turns out they were following us, and they were <laughs> they were Russian tourists who Don't didn't speak any English. Uh, they were re- we were really desperately trying to convey to them, just like, "Don't come near the boat." And then then this poor guy was like, this guy just stripped down to a speedo, jumped in, swam over, and we had to try to communicate to him, like, "The boat's going down, man." What are we doing? Uh, oh no basically we went the lifeboats went over they saved us uh and in classic russian style they just opened a bottle of vodka <laughs> there you go i was gonna say uh, was that how they fortified you with some vodka yeah yeah and we were like because we all think it was gonna be like a, we're gonna have to get airlifted out of here or something like it was really like we're in the middle of the goddamn lock we can't swim through this water are you crazy uh, and the thing is, we're just like, oh, and we came back to the the rental people. And we're like, we're so so sorry. Oh my god, we'll, we'll never. We'll go home. We'll just keep the money, whatever. And they were like, oh no, don't don't worry about it. Just take another boat out. <laughs> I guess that's what you got insurance for. Yeah, and they were just like, no, this happens all the time. Just, oh, <sighs> just go. You're going up that route. Go down the other route. And then Jesus. the next morning, we just had another boat, and we just <laughs> finished the trip. It was and it was actually it was actually a really lovely trip. Well, uh, I have to do that now because that sounds amazing. It is. But, uh, you know, try, try to work your work your way up to Belfast into the Titanic quarter, and if you can sink in there, just uh, make a think, statement. Yeah, just be like you see what this looks like. This is what happened. Your damn boat. Just do the Jack Sparrow and step up onto the um the dock, and then go. See, children, this is called a shipwreck. Shipwreck. <laughs> and the and thing the in the water is a sunken boat. All the kids are like, can we watch this Titanic movie? And they're like, only the first like hour and a only half of it. The, only and you the have to fast forward bit. through certain scenes as well. Okay. Yeah. Then <laughs> it's gonna get real fast for a while, and you're all gonna go get snacks, and then we'll watch the rest. It's like, yeah, they made love in a car. The That's end. it. <laughs> <sighs> all right, now before I let you go, what's coming up on a uh, Bat Minute? Well, uh, this season, uh, and I actually uh, I'll extend you an invitation, Alexia, because we're always looking for fresh perspectives ourselves. I will uh, all definitely come on Batman. It. Oh, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we're gearing up actually just in the upcoming weeks to start recording, um, minute by minute coverage of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, because we didn't want to jump straight into the Christian Bale movies, and we're like, there was one other theatrically released Batman. I've never movie even heard of this movie. It's 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 like it's it's what it's like the Batman's fan Batman movie. It's like it's people who really love Batman are like it's the best one. Oh, it's, okay. It, 
but it's from uh, the it's a spinoff from the animated series. You know, the one that had like, the Batman animated film. Yeah, uh, you know, Mark Hamill, the Mark Hamill as yeah, Joker yeah, yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff. Uh, it's the it was the official uh, theatrical release from that, and it is great. Yeah, I've uh, never seen that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you want to come on, I, I would, because we, you know, we, as you might imagine, in a podcast about Batman. Like, thankfully, I think we've run the gamut of guests in terms of like we've had people from different genders, races, you know, people in between, all this kind of stuff. We always want to get people's fresh perspectives. Uh, yeah, but we do also have a lot of people who come on where it's like, yeah, I saw this movie and I loved it. So, I've never seen it, so I, I would be watching it exclusively for this podcast. I might even take a leaf out of some of the Titanic Minute guests and simply watch that one minute. Oh, yeah, that, that's the, the Liz Whitaker special, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I think Liz just continues that in another show. Is it his day show? Sweet. Never, don't even know what this, yeah, well, I've never but, seen the movie, so I might end up watching the whole thing and just being excited about it. The thing is, it's only like 70 minutes, too. I yeah, think that's why... Him. We had a kind of like uh, it was again after the end of Batman and Robin too, where it's just like yeah. it's like a solid two hours, and also yeah. end, the end credits end on a song by R. Kelly, and we're like, we can't end like this. We gotta, we gotta have something. We can't, you know, we we can't see out the nineties on this note. So we go into like <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm, much better movie, much shorter, thankfully as well. We can speed through it. The palate uh, cleanser. Yeah, yeah. So you're more than welcome to come <laughs> on, and that will be. Yeah. Sometime in mid twenty twenty three, they'll be primarying. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, just email me what when you need me to be available and what what minutes I need to watch. Well, that's the, the if you want to watch it in advance and then you know stake a claim, there are minutes still available. Nah, just, just surprise like, me. Ah, no problem. <laughs> Slap me on a minute that no one else wanted. <laughs> I see. I'll have to check. Are there any boats in the in the movie? Oh, <laughs> if there's boats, teacups, or dogs. Oh, there is a there is a, there's a robot dog. I do movie. like dogs. It's a, it's, it's such a, it's, a, it's, it's good because like a lot of people, to, the Harley Quinn show feels mm-hmm. like the kind of slightly more outrageous continuation. Okay, yeah, I like of... that tone. I think that again, for me, not having grown up with comics, like it has a very comic feel to me in a way that makes it seem very true to its source. Like I'm not saying that in a diminished way, but it's like actually I like that. Yeah, I like that yeah. it kind of lends credence to the fact that it comes from a world that is kind of. I mean, I say ridiculous, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that was the, like when the, the the last movie was coming out, like you know, the Robert Pattinson one. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that movie. It's like it does a great job. It's very derivative of other films, but it's like it's still great, though. But going in, they're like, it's gritty and it's dark and it's realistic. And my vibe was like, we've done this, man. Like the Already. character, the character silly. He's supposed to be weird and grotesque. Like carnival-esque is the vibe you should be going for. Like something that's so warped and strange. Because it's a warped and strange story. Uh, so why are you trying to make it realistic all the time? <laughs> but so yeah. that, that's and that's why I like the Harley Quinn so so much, because it's just like this is just crazy. Like that's crazy, right? Like you know, we, can, yeah. we can have poison ivy like melting business executives in toxic waste to teach them a lesson. But she also has a talking plant voiced by you know Leon from Curb and stuff. Because it's why like, not? Yeah. It's like one of the best things about it and stuff. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh. yeah. So, uh, but that will be, and uh, people are just curious about Batman in general. Four whole seasons we got. Four whole seasons to go back and binge while you're waiting for that next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're all pretty good. Pretty good. It just depends on what you're looking for. You can like look at first movie, which is a great movie, or you can listen to all us talking about Batman and Robin, which is not a good movie at all, really. But probably <laughs> but... a fun time to listen to. Oh yeah, we have a fantastic time. Fantastic See? time. There you show. go. So awesome. Uh, 
the third season too got us through that pandemic too. Let me tell you, it was like the, that was a, that was the lifeline for that was the uh, the, what you call him friggin Ian Grifford on the boat. <laughs> like I was in the water and I could just see like oh the podcast just the line we gotta keep going for the podcast. <laughs> I completely get that because ugh, sometimes you just need a little something. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Niall, thank you so much for coming by, and I will talk to you very shortly. I'm sure about more Batman stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Many, many thanks now for coming on the show and for talking to me about Titanic and Batman. And now I'm realizing that I, I genuinely don't know anything about comic books and stuff, which is fine. But you guys should definitely, definitely, definitely get in touch with, um, excuse me, I have the hiccups. With the show Batman, there is a Facebook group, there is a Twitter, there is an Instagram for those. If you want to follow them on Twitter, it is twitter.com slash batminute, all one word, B-A-T-M-I-N-U-T-E. They're on Instagram at instagram.com slash the batminute, all one word, T-H-E-B-A-T-M-I-N-U-T-E. And you can find them on Facebook. There is a a Facebook group called the Listener's Cave, and that you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash batminute89, all one word, batminute89. And if you want to follow Niall himself, you can find him on his Instagram, and that is instagram.com slash doodlesoup. 1989. Um, that is all one word D O O D L E S O U P 1989. Again, thank you so much, Tim, for coming on, and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word Titanic Talkline, T I T A N I C T A L K L I N E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at titanictalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!